Welcome back to the Legal Digest podcast with your host Natalie and today I'm joined by Sharita, a digital nomad mentor, travel influencer and US attorney. Today we're going to be talking about how she became a digital nomad attorney and sharing tips on how to live the digital nomad lifestyle. Thanks for joining me today, Sharita. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I actually found your page on social media about two years ago, started following you, and it really inspired me and gave me the confidence knowing that it is possible to be a digital nomad lawyer. Um, even though, like, you know, you're US attorney, I'm UK based, but I was just like, mm-hmm. it must be possible if you're doing it. So can you yes. tell us firstly about your journey into law and how you became a digital nomad attorney? Sure. So I'm an old head, an old attorney. Um, I graduated law school in 2011. Um, and I originally became a lawyer because I really wanted to be president of the United States. <laughs> and I'm not joking. <laughs> like for all of my life, I wanted to be president. And so is either go to the military or be a lawyer. Like that was the path I knew. Wow. So anyway, yeah, it's crazy. But once I, um, right before I went to law school, I actually worked in politics and realized that wasn't the path for me, but I still went ahead and, um, and went into law school with the aim of working in healthcare. Um, so I became really passionate about like universal healthcare. Um, if you guys don't know, if if your audience is from the UK, you know, the kind of coverage that you have, we don't have those privileges in America. And it's pretty crazy. But um, I became really passionate about health policy and worked mostly in health law for a really long time, um, about uh, eight years in Washington, D.C. Um, and so that was great and all. But my journey to law school, I went straight after um, undergrad and then went straight into law school, left law school, went straight into work. And I have like never deviated from my, you know, from the path, quote unquote, or what you're supposed to do. So at some point in my career, everything was going really well. And I was just like, I need a change. And I decided after a solo trip um, to Chile, well, I was visiting a friend who'd actually quit her job and moved abroad. Um, So I was visiting her. And after that trip, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I need one year and I'm going to move abroad. So yeah, that's what started it. I made that decision in 2017 and I moved to Medellin, Colombia in 2018. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There's been some times where I stopped practicing, I will say. Um, I pursued a fitness career for two years. But I enjoy money and the finer things. So I <laughs> I was like, I think I want to practice and, you know, keep that, keep that, um, yeah. Keep, yeah, keep that active. So, so I went back into legal practice really after only six months of leaving, um, <laughs> just because people kept coming, you know, yeah. with, with needs and stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's get, let's get back to it. <laughs> yeah. So for, for people thinking of becoming additional name and attorney, how easy is it to secure work? And are there other things you need to consider, like, PI insurance or specific requirements to be able to practice um, freelance and remotely? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wouldn't say it's easy to be a digital nomad attorney, but the easiest way I think is to be a freelance attorney and work for yourself. If you secure your own clients, um, you're working for them under your business name. Um, they can't typically dictate where you're working from unless it's unless, I mean, unless you have to go to court for some reason, but I don't do that. Um, and so if you are working either as a freelancer or as a consultant, it's much easier um, to set your own terms and work wherever from wherever you want. Um, but beyond that, if you if freelance and getting your own clients isn't for you, then there are a lot of legal placement um, companies out there, um, especially since the pandemic, that are putting 
attorneys into large corporations and even filling gaps in law firms for either short terms or long term projects. Um, and now there are a lot of companies that have legal departments and the whole company is remote and therefore those legal jobs are remote. So there's a lot of opportunities out there, but it is high competition. Um, and yeah, it can be it can be a struggle. And even when you find one as lawyers, they're still usually pretty restrictive about your location. Um, so companies sometimes are open to you being in the Americas or maybe just the U.S. or only the U.K., um, you know, so it's it's important to like really be careful as you choose your positions and the kind of work that you're doing. Yeah. And I've noticed that as well, that some remote jobs will say it's specific to, I don't know, Germany or just in the U.S. So it's not necessarily work from anywhere. Um, but I do think yeah. that international companies as well, they do sometimes um, they're not so hung up on the fact that you qualified in a different jurisdiction because you're working maybe mm -hmm. with global kind of deals and and therefore like your skills are exactly. really useful to them. Um, so just mm -hmm. going moving on then to kind of like traveling solo. So do you find that as a woman, there are uh, challenges with living in different countries and traveling on your own? Um, I absolutely think there's challenges for women uh, traveling solo. And I kind of explained to my male friends that there's so many things that women have to think about before they move somewhere that a man never does. And like, there's some countries where I would never take take a hike by myself, like in Colombia, it's not really recommended that you go on certain like trails and parks by yourself, because a lot of things are in the mountains, it can be pretty secluded. And it's just a lot of things that we have to consider for our safety. Um, however, I still go pretty much anywhere. Um, I do a lot of research before I head to a new country. And part of that research is how do they treat women? Are there laws specifically aimed for women like in the Middle East? I do kind of avoid those countries, but um, <laughs> you know, I do, yeah, I do want to find out how conservative countries are because it is always going impact, to impact women and especially women of color before everyone else. So um, I, I think that it's something to be concerned about or be cautious about, but not something that should stop you from moving anywhere. Um, you know, everyone has their own experiences. If you have common sense, um, you make some contacts on the ground in case you need help or anything, you'll be fine. Yeah. And sometimes when you go to these places, you'll find communities of other solo um, females traveling. And I think that's a yes. really good way to connect as well. And they'll always give you tips on like yes. what to avoid and what to do. Um, but yeah, exactly. I suppose immersing yourself in the culture as well. And then you really discover like what it is that isn't accepted. I've noticed mm -hmm. um, some, yeah, that I've experienced. That is such a good point. And something that I do in every city that I've lived in is I go on Facebook and join like the women digital nomads um, of whatever city and it's almost always a group and so you'll always find like you said other solo travelers other expats um, they might be professionals they might be in their field or not working at all but they'll be on very similar journey as you and you can you know lean on them go out with them and kind of get the real deal and I think that's really important is to kind of just get get advice from people on the ground so that you know places to avoid and things you can do and stuff like that. Yeah. So as well as an attorney, you're a digital mentor, but you're also a travel content creator. So you're super busy. So how many, <laughs> how many countries have you lived in so far? I've lived in six countries. I'm a slow mad, as people say, because it's been four wow. years, but I move really slowly. Like I and I've lived in Mexico twice. I've lived in Colombia twice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> or maybe three times. But um, 
So I just, I move really slowly. Um, I've visited more countries, not, not in the thirties, probably like 20 something close to 30. Um, but yeah, I've lived in six countries so far and I don't know if I'm going to add to that list. I want Asia. I want like Bali or something in the next few years, but I think I'm like slowing down and kind of finding the places that I love and I just keep going back. So it's, that's kind of my nature is just to repeat things that I love. <laughs> yeah. And how do you find mm -hmm. out like information about where to go? What's your go-to kind Ooh. of resource? Well, any nomad knows this website is called Nomad List. It is my favorite site. It's beautiful. It keeps getting updated. Um, and literally before I go anywhere, before I'm about to move somewhere, I go to that website and it gives you, even just from the homepage without even clicking anything, it gives you snapshots of like cost of living, um, safety level, um, I think like Wi-Fi speeds and some other quick data. And then when you go into the detail view, it, it just tells you everything you need to know. Um, and it's just a really good way to like compare. Um, yeah, compare like what a, what a different city is like, what the climate is like. I think that's really important. Um, and you can also see if there's a lot of digital nomads there as well. So I like to kind of focus on the hubs because I know that those places are established. I know there'll probably be a lot of solo travelers. Um, and I know I'll most likely find friends and feel pretty safe. Um, yeah. But Nomad List is my very favorite. But there is a new one I discovered this year called theearthawaits.com. Okay. And it's more so if you're starting at zero and you have no clue where you want to go. Um, so they ask you, what's your budget? Um, what continents are you interested in living in? What lifestyle do you want? So it says like lean to opulent. And then it's like, how many people are you traveling with? And then based on that criteria, it'll just give you a bunch of cities. And then similar to Nomad List, it gives you like these quick data sets that you can just compare and contrast based on like your budget basically and maybe your time zone that you want to stay in yeah yeah that's really important as well to plan how you're going to do it because people always say to mm -hmm. me like do you just pack up and like go to another country I think you have to really think about cost of living visas <laughs> like where you're yeah. going to live like how good is your wi-fi connection because you're going to need that to work as well and like yeah. what, what how what kind of communities you can connect with when you're out there because you're going to want to do exactly as well so that's yeah. really important very good point. And so when I narrow down to the city, if I have one or two top of my list, then I go to Facebook and I like to check those Facebook groups and see yeah. if they're active. Like, I hope I want to see meetups. I want to see yeah. just like lots of information and people going back and forth, because then I know that I'm, it's going to be super easy to just jump into the community when I get there. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, you post a lot of information about how to secure remote jobs. You also have a weekly newsletter where you share remote jobs, available tips and digital nomad news. So do you think that mm -hmm. more opportunities have opened up since the pandemic um, and what type of jobs can people do now that they're able to work from anywhere? Yeah, so I have mixed feelings about whether or not more positions have opened up. Um I think at the very start of the pandemic, up until like the end of last year, it was crazy. Like there were so many remote jobs. They didn't care where you were. They were just like, we need you to work. I think because people were quitting at one, that was another um, aspect. So the jobs were just so ample. They were just giving away jobs. <laughs> and now <laughs> it seems like they're reeling it back in. So if you find remote companies, now they're starting to be like, you have to be in America or even they're going to hybrid, like that is so sad to see. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the remote job 
number of opportunities has gone down slightly, maybe since last year, um, and it's getting more competitive. So I think it's getting much harder to secure those great jobs, but they are still tons out there. And the good news is that there's always a new startup. These tech companies are growing and growing and growing, and they're almost always remote and usually like worldwide remote. So there's still hope. I think that you just have to be extra diligent. And I wouldn't want anyone to listen to this podcast and think they're going to go apply to three jobs and get one or three of them. <laughs> like it'll take months. And every great job I've had remotely, like a full-time job, it took me three to six months to land. Wow. So yeah, I'm just trying to be real. It is very hard, especially as attorneys, there's even legal departments aren't nearly as large as like marketing or design and things like that. So, you know, those jobs are far few and far between and people stay in those roles usually. So yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. super easy, but there's definitely jobs out there. Yeah. And I think it also depends what sector you're in as well. Um, as you said, like maybe in the tech sector, there's more opportunities yes. because they were, I think they embrace the kind of remote work culture a lot um, quicker exactly. than anyone else did. And also with attorneys, yeah. it's, it's not really um, a, the, the kind of culture really that supports that type of working. I think it's very much like you have to be in the office and um, sticking to the kind of the traditional ways of working so that's that's what I've noticed but yeah I think it does take a long time and I think people aren't really aware of like the unglamorous side of <laughs> of being a digital yeah. nomad and like how much work it takes to get those really good roles but when you do like it's yeah. amazing you're able to kind of exactly. explore and just live a totally different lifestyle yeah once you do get the job or even while you're looking if you've saved or you can like what I do in between jobs because I basically have been working like long-term projects so I've been keeping my freelance work going and I've been doing that 100% through upwork.com um, and if if you're not familiar with that it's a site for freelancers so it's a whole marketplace where people need completely every single job you can think of they need somebody you see a lot of people requesting you to like hack into their Facebook accounts but <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like I'm starting a business I need some contracts or I need advice or you know there's a lot of people who need um either one-time legal help assistance or ongoing legal assistance so I've actually had a long-term client for about eight months um through Upwork which was wonderful um it started out at like 30 hours a week and then it just they were like losing they were a new new startup so they were just losing money every month and oh, so by the yeah. end I was working like eight <laughs> hours a week <laughs> so again the unglamorous side but um but it was a great opportunity yeah. and so I found some really great clients there so anyway um while you're trying to look for that dream job you can continue to support yourself um, by getting your own clients um, possibly through Upwork and I share a lot more other um, websites on my newsletter um, but yeah, I think that it's important that if you, if you want to see everywhere in the world, then go ahead and do it, like map out maybe a country every three months or a country every one month, if you've got energy <laughs> and money for flights. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just, I think, you know, don't hold back, like using those sites, like Nomad List, you can really kind of see where the trends are and where the people are. And the easiest thing is kind of just to follow the trends. Um, again, like I said, those digital nomad hubs, that means those cities are very established. So they have everything you need. Um, there'll be meetups, there'll be parties, there'll be everything you need. So, um, and if you want to go somewhere where no one's gone before, totally fine. Just make sure you check for the Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> really important. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the biggest limitation for me has been time zone, though, I will say. 
So yeah. I haven't been able to work remotely in Asia yet and I really okay. want to. So I'm because like I have to talk to my clients at some point. So that is a little tough. Um, maybe particularly as a lawyer, because you gotta get on the phone. But um Yeah. Yeah, I'm still fingers crossed can make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, well, that yeah. brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, Sharita. And Thank don't you. forget don't forget to leave a rating and a review if you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear more from Sharita, we'll put her details in this episode's description. And if you have any questions about today's discussion, feel free to reach out to us on social media or via email.